The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the panel discussion, your home for comic book talk every week right here on the BICBP Radio Network. Matt Johnson here alongside Greg Knowlton. And we are back. We're going to continue with our month's theme of origin stories, origin stories. Today, we're going to focus on villain origin stories. Uh Kind of, I mean, I guess the art of that too. It is, oh, an, yeah, art, there it is, is an, an art, art to form it for sure. Uh, so we're going to kind of elaborate on that, and you, you know, obviously makes a good discussion for it. Uh, but before we get into anything, of course, got to uh, drop some stuff. Uh, not even news yet. Not even news yet. Uh, first and foremost, the rumor mill. <laughs> no, nothing like that. First and foremost, got to give a shout out to our sponsor. Oh yeah, uh, Fat Man's Pizza. Our official sponsor of this show and many other shows that are broadcast out of here at the Podcast Precinct. They're located at 2712 Niagara Falls Boulevard in Tonawanda, New York. And they're open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. And they're delicious. They're so good. Pizza, subs, wings. Love it. I absolutely love it. I know a lot of people have started going because we don't shut up about it. Yeah, which is a good awesome. which is a good thing, and that's the kind of relationship we want. So, uh, so yeah, please go and support them. Uh, find their Facebook page, Instagram, uh, any of that. We, uh, you know, just go give them a like, see what they're all about. Their their food is just so so damn. Let good. them be like my. I would hope that they are slammed come Super Bowl. Oh yeah. So let them be your. Your Super Bowl supplier, like their food is worth it. It's some of the best sauce, and I'm a sauce snob. Um, go, let them be your Super Bowl supplier. I yeah, 100 percent support that. Um, so yeah, give them a shout out. Fat Man's Pizza, that is our official sponsor. Uh, secondly, we have our well, we have our first events coming up January 18th, right here at the Podcast Precinct, 800 Walk Road in North Tonawanda, New York. Uh, we are opening our doors from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. to try and raise money to get this place up to snuff and where we want it to be to be able to offer, uh, you know, a solid recording space. It is a pretty solid recording space as it is, but we want it to be so much better uh, for each and every one of you. Uh, we're going to have basket auctions, $10 for a sheet of, you know, 25 chances. Uh, so the more you buy, every, literally every dollar helps us uh, what we want to do. We're going to have different things for sale, shirts, uh all sorts of different merchandise that are not just basket auction related. Uh, and I believe we're going to have our mocktails ready to go oh, yeah. as well. Uh, so our good friend Kyle Rainey and his uh, lovely fiance are working on that for us. And lastly, uh, from my end, uh, any news coming out of us, the we have a Patreon. We just we created have a, a Patreon. We have a Patreon. We just created it uh, today and you know, if if you think we're worthy of a Patreon donation, I can assure you uh, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. You can find it at www.patreon.com slash thepodcastprecinct. And pretty much what the plan is, uh, I mean, we're, we're obviously trying to raise money. We work hard uh, between myself, Greg, Kyle, and everybody that comes through this, this place. We record about 
probably more than 10 hours of content a week yes. in podcasting. It's not just the panel discussion. It's the two-point conversation. It's Retro Pop. It's Harley Kayfabe. It's the Section 6 WrestleCast. It's Podcasters. Podcasters alone. So it's more than that now because Podcasters alone is about four hours an episode. Yeah. So we. <laughs> I mean, it's growing leaps and bounds. So legit, anything that you can offer we will greatly appreciate we greatly appreciate it even if it's a dollar even if it's five if it's kind of you're feeling really really generous uh but what my plan is i'm not going to just be this grinchy guy or this guy hey please give me your money uh half of what we receive will go into a giveaway for those who did yes. give so uh so yeah i mean the more people that chip in uh the better the giveaway prizes are and you know this first month is pretty much going to be seeing how much we can get, and then giving back to you the following month. And it'll just keep being a uh, cycle. So please, please, please consider supporting us. Uh, you know, we love to be here every week with you. Yeah. We really do. It's a lot of work. Our wives hate us sometimes. Uh, probably mine more so than Greg's wife. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, we we, uh, we we enjoy doing this. We, so. Yeah, like, and a lot of people can relate to this. We work real jobs outside of here. They um, suck, and we don't want to. <laughs> and we, we love what we do. Yeah. We love getting to do this. We love giving back to people. We love, we're the type of people, both of us, that try to invest like everything <laughs> into what we're doing. Seriously. And we do too much. <laughs> yeah. But anything you can do helps us. Um, and like we said, you get back. Because even in the show's growth, you get back in better content. You get back in better events, plus giveaways. Plus, um, we love to give back to our community. So the more we get, the more we can do for our community in various different ways. So everything you do is really, like, it helps us a ton. But it's all coming back to the people around us. It's all coming back to you, the listeners. Um, We're not trying to pay our bills with this. No. We are trying to do it to the best of our ability. If it pays our bills in the meantime, sweet. But (laughs) the main goal is to give the best content and give the best product to the people who listen. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's really the, what we, you know, the best that we can do as podcasters. Um, but we won't pre- be preachy too much. No, that's my job mainly. No. But you know, <laughs> no, we both pre- we're both preachy. Uh, I, you know, but that's if we, that we have for podcast precinct information. That's enough about us. <laughs> enough about us. We got some news to talk about. Movie news. Yeah. Any TV news? Um, live action news. It's mostly live action. TV's, live action. TV. I will say this. I just caught up on Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it is perfect. It is, you know, it's campy and and a lot of fan service, but it's in the perfect way. The cameos have been awesome. Um, I I really love the direction it's going, and it feels like I'm watching a comic book, and that's been really exciting. So um, that comes back on January 14th for the double episode conclusion. It's two episodes back-to-back. Um, and I'm super excited for that, but man, has, was it good getting to watch it all in a row. I'm glad I didn't, like, I actually waited and got to just slam three just episodes. Just go right through it, yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, Amy, my wife, did. Uh, she did that. She was like, oh, where, where's it all go? You know, where, where's everything? But, uh, no, that was it was probably the best way to do it. I'm, I'm hearing good things about it. I've I watched it. a couple episodes, uh, and I was very intrigued by the way they did it. I thought it was very masterfully done. So many cameos, Birds of Prey, Titans, Lucifer, and I'm talking like the shows, like the, you know, Flash, we had Burt Smallville. Ward, Smallville, Kevin Conroy. That was Conroy, a cool one, yeah. Like, 
in, it was weird seeing Kevin Conroy and hearing Batman's voice. You're like, <laughs> wait, no, you're not animated. <laughs> that was very interesting, and it was a different, very different take on him. Yeah, um, I liked it though. I did too. It was it was really cool. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's doing really good uh, as far as that goes. But uh, as far as movie news, the Marvel rumor mill is churning, rolling. <laughs> it is it is doing a lot of things. Uh, well, first and foremost. For that, New Mutants two or excuse me, New Mutants one, the second trailer uh, is being released. Two comes out before the first is ever even. Yes, out. <laughs> uh, which is huge because that's something we didn't think that we'd get to see. We yeah. thought once Disney acquisitioned it, that that movie was going to be lost forever. Maybe I think you were saying hopefully a Hulu yeah, it release like it's a at theatrical. the most, and it's going to be theatrical. April? And, yeah, uh, I think that's what I read. Er- yeah. Early April, uh, which I think is you know it's. That's good. Uh, yeah. Kind of a slow build up. It's still a Fox property, technically. Um, I think right at the yeah, it had the 20th Century Fox, yeah. Uh, you know, logo graphic thingy. But uh, so that's. I mean, that's exciting. The, the trailer it was awesome. Yeah, it was um, better I, than I expected. Much better. Uh, it was violent and scary and terrifying and everything that we hoped it would be when the first trailer was released. So I'm glad that they are going to go through with it. It's a uh, it's a very good thing uh, because it's just a property that a lot of people were it's interested in. Solid cast and yeah, everything. Yeah, There's some unique characters. Uh, you know that maybe some might not be familiar with. And I'm a Cannonball fan, big time. So I'm he's excited. Pretty cool. So we'll do it. We'll do a special episode for that once the time comes. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. And then on the flip side, we may finally be getting fingers crossed a solo Hulk film. With Mark Ruffalo. It's a rumor. It's nothing's for set, but uh, Marvel's in talks with Universal, and it looks like they may be getting the rights back to Hulk, which with She-Hulk coming up is huge. Yes. We may get a lot more Mark Ruffalo in that, and I've been waiting for a solo Hulk movie. Um, I kind of hope it's the introduction of Red Hulk with Thunderbolt being so prevalent through all of the Avengers movies. Um, and with that, Especially, I think this is huge too, and maybe kind of like not noticed is Namor is in that talk as well. That's right. Yeah, Universal's had his property for a very, very long time, and have decided to do nothing with it. Yeah. So, uh, and Black Panther two is not too far off. No, um, and so that could include a Namor introduction um, if they do get those rights. I hope so. Which I don't think they've started filming yet. Yeah, uh, they haven't started filming yet. There's been nothing announced really. Uh, in that regard, but uh, I think that's, I mean, that's a great addition. Namor is a very popular character. I mean, yeah. are you going to get a trilogy out of him? No, but he's like that War Machine type character, at least for the way that the, the movies yeah. portrayed him. That War Machine type character that will be worthy of, he, you know, some screen time. He's going to be a villain for sure, I think, that flips. Oh, I yeah. I think we, he will be our, he might fill that Loki void. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I could see that. I could definitely see that. So that is a uh, very good possibility. And then a few, you know, I think last week it was kind of announced that uh, Deadpool 3 is currently under production. Ryan Reynolds is all going through uh, with that. They're getting ready to go. It's transferring nice and smooth over to Disney. Nothing's changing. Uh, as far as we know, obviously Ryan Reynolds is the most important piece. The yeah. the you know the the violence and, and all that. It, it's all it still going to be the rating same. Rating rumored as well, so that maybe you know hopefully that sticks. I think it could do PG thirteen. I I would be fine with the PG thirteen, but I think with you have to yeah. 
you know what though, if Disney did it right, and and someone else has pitched this to me, I may have talked about this on the show. Um, but if Disney did it right and he acknowledges I'm a Disney property now and breaks that fourth <laughs> wall in a way, and uh, a, a friend of mine talked about how it would be great if he's just saving the f bomb for the right moment because he knows he's in a PG-13 movie and oh, then someone else yeah. steals it. Oh, <laughs> that would be hilarious. And it would that's be right. Great. He does. They do get one, I think. Yeah. Oh man. And he tries. He gets bleeped out while he's cussing out the person or something. It would be <laughs> that would be perfect and uh, would be very Deadpool. That would be perfectly Deadpool esque. So, um, and then the last rumor is Christian Bale is in talks with. Um, Marvel regarding Thor Love and Thunder. Could we get a Beta Ray Bale, maybe? <laughs> a ba- <laughs> Excellent play on words there. I um, thought of it on the way over. <laughs> that's good. I like that. I can't think of really... Because we don't know what Thor Love yeah. and Thunder is going to be yet, so we can't even assume He could what be it's going a to villain be. Um, for sure. But, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. I feel like we're going to get, uh, especially... By that time, Multiverse is supposed to be playing a little heavier, so we are supposed to get a Jane Foster Thor, right. which could not even be Multiverse because there are two hammers in existence right now. Technically, there is. We do know yes. that as well. That like, who knows what Cap did with Mjolnir? Like, I don't know if it was between his cheeks or what when he came <laughs> back, but I didn't see it. No, I um, didn't either. That's a, that's a good point. So, so Jane Foster could have ended up with it through that timeline. Um, we really don't know. That question wasn't answered. But we could get multiple hammers and get a, a Beta Ray Bill. We He's been teased in Ragnarok. Um, but also, I'm not super familiar with the um, the Thor lore. I will be honest in that. He's never been a character that I absolutely loved. I, I leaned No, his comics were always hard to read yeah. because he was like very Shakespearean. Yeah. And I hated it. But <laughs> I would also be totally cool with, you know, him being Throg. I think like if you were just like, hey, we have this frog Christian Bale's going to voice. I feel like that's like Bradley Cooper voicing Rocket, though. Yeah. that No, that's 100% true. It'd be very entertaining. It would throw people off, like, oh, wow, you got this, like, top star to voice a character. Like, you know, the man goes through all these crazy transformations. I know a friend of the show, Cloudy, said he's going to turn into a horse person. I think he's going to turn into a, a frog. <laughs> I would be all about that. I would be all about that. So, that is, I mean, that's a big addition. Obviously, Bale, I think, feels slighted uh, by the whole DC yeah. Thing. He was not. As long as he doesn't talk like this, <laughs> I know. He, I know he wasn't happy when Superman versus Batman happened. Yeah, uh, he thought he should have been the one to beat Batman. And I think he should have been too. Uh, but he's obviously moving on with his career. He's not going to wait for Batman yeah. roles. Uh, could be a major player in in the MCU going or forward. Ta- you know, the MCU does a great job at bringing in stars to do weird stuff. Though, yeah, too. like as, I know Sam Neill, the dude from Jurassic Park, yeah. uh, was in. Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Matt Damon was yeah. in it. Like it's Chris so Hemsworth's weird. brother. Yeah, <laughs> Liam. That's right. It was like they just pulled guys out of nowhere. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum's is a perfect example. In uh, so many, so many more, they just bring them in for these small time roles, yeah. but it means so much. That's a comic book theme, though. I, I realized that watching Christ on Infinite Earths, like you just had Will Wheaton randomly there, and I was like, oh wow, it's Will Wheaton. <laughs> and and they tend to like nerds love to just be featured like they don't want to be the character all the time like, yeah so they're like fine just put me in this movie i just want to be involved just want to in be a marvel a property yeah uh i mean yeah i mean 
not that it was a you know him by his name, but like Pat Oswalt and guys like that yeah. you never expect to be in a Marvel movie. Begging, well, they were in. Uh, he was in Agents of Shield, yeah. I think. He uh, was but, like twelve of himself. <laughs> but yeah, but just like begging to be a part of it. That's how cool this 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 it, oh. it is right now to be a comic nerd. Pat Oswalt would be my choice for Puck. That's good. I could. I can get down with that. Yeah, I can get down with that. But um, yeah. So here we are. Origin stories. Villains. Villains. Uh you know, villain origin stories are. I mean, they're just as interesting as the hero's yeah. origin story. Uh, and we lightly touched on this last week. We right? talked about like Joker it. and Venom and yeah, characters like that. But uh, you know, I as we've gotten like older. I find myself myself myself. Uh I find myself almost relating to the villain a little bit more. Like I mean there was it was a meme going around but when when uh Infinity War came out Thanos snapped there was all these memes going around <laughs> about Thanos did nothing wrong and I thought about it and I'm like maybe he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he didn't. I mean in a, in a dark weird way. Um but you find yourself starting to agree with the villain. You, you know, us as adults, we've been through so much in life, and you're just like, this guy's reacting the exact way I probably would if I wasn't raised right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, it's like you said with the Joker last week. Like, it, you're just one day away, from, one bad day away from being me. Like, yeah. And it's right. It's so true, I think. Like, we, we get into that negative mindset. Like, who hasn't, you know... I hate to say it because, but everyone can relate. Like, who hasn't dropped the piano on someone in their head once? Like, oh you my know what god! I, mean? <laughs> I I daydream about just hitting people with chairs all day. I am a very angry person. Next on the week inside. we're going to be recording, and like people are going to show up with nice warm white jackets for. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have a mob outside the studio thinking about hitting me. You guys uh, are nuts. You guys are insane. <laughs> You're going to S five. Um, so, so, so yeah, I, I've I've always really I, you know the, the older I've gotten, I've learned to appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a younger kid, you read these villain stories, and you're just like, you don't get it. Yeah, you don't understand. You obviously relate to the hero because they're doing the right thing. You think the whole world is sunshine and rainbows, and the heroes are doing the right thing. But as you get older, and like you said, we're weathered. We're weathered people yeah. emotionally, mentally, physically. Uh, you know, we go to we go to jobs where. People treat us like garbage. We're people are we're in relationships, friendships, uh, sort of thing where people treat us bad, and you're expected to keep a smile on. You know, stay happy and keep a smile on your face. Uh, you do so much in life, and then you know it's just it's it's not the way that you are promised. And you read these comic books, and you really start to imagine yourself in those characters' positions. Well, yeah, it's it's such a psychology thing. Yeah. Um, when you're reading a book, you know, like it's the whole theory of super ego, ego and id. Like when you're reading a comic book, you're the ego. The superheroes are the super ego and the villains are your id. Like yeah. your superheroes are if I could do the right thing, if I could save the world, this is how I would do it. Uh, and it is like if I could just act out on these impulses, this is me. And that's the villains like Batman and, and Joker, I think, are like such a good example of that because I feel like they – really are similar in a lot of ways in mindset and thought. Um, but su- uh, Batman is controlled of his impulses. He doesn't kill. He has a code. Joker is the id in the truest sense of, like, 
I don't care. I don't have a code. I just do whatever I want. Exactly. And and that's why I think it's so both are so relatable because you know it's it's again it's that one bad day, one good day. Like it's that one thing switches, and I could be either of these people. And as readers, we can put ourselves. I think the best comic books we can put put ourselves in the side of both characters. I think those are the best hero and villain dynamics. Um, The best villains are villains that you can relate to and almost sympathize with but still want to see beaten. Yes, or even see turn good too. But that's, I mean, that's a discussion for uh, another time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought about it on the way over here. And, and yeah, a lot of the best, like, yeah, sure, every superhero has a ton of supervillains. Yes. Big rogues gallery. But the... The difference between the hero and the villain, the the main villain, is literally a just one choice. Yeah, it's one it's it's one choice, and that's why it's so powerful and emotionally like you can really gravitate towards it. You know, I I thought about it. You know, you said the thing about the impulses, and I thought about it on the way over here. It's like, man, I mean, if I if I knew, like, if I had the ability and, and power to do it. I would probably be more keen to kind of give into those yeah. impulses if I had legit powers. You know, if I was if I was Venom and I had a symbiote and people wanted to give me some, you know, give me some flack and I was just like, "Blah, we are Venom." You know, that sort and, of thing. And I, it's I, funny because I'm on the flip side of it. Like, great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Like, I think about that. Like, I feel like I would have a responsibility to make up for all the bad things if I had the ability to do so. Right. <laughs> No, I know. I just I see how many bills I have to pay, and I'm just <laughs> like, dude, I would rob a bank right now if I had a uh, <laughs> if I had superpowers. I would just booster gold it, dog. I know, I know. Get I'm some s- sponsors. <laughs> be a hero for hire. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad idea, or do be like Shazam and perform stuff for for money. Uh, but yes, like those relatable villains. Yeah. you know, you, you can you can see. You can mm-hmm. you can almost see yourself uh, becoming that person if you were put in that same situation, uh, and yeah, I do. I do you know mention Venom a lot. I bring him up so yeah. much. He is my favorite character because he is so relatable. It was a choice. Yeah. It was a choice. It, it it really was, and he took it on. And you know, it was that one bad day, you know, thing. And he obviously, he merged with the symbiote, and you know, he, he's kind of a villain to many but um but he for more more often than not he kind of takes the the villain route uh and you see it so with so many other uh characters too one of my favorites is actually a i think a curveball um and he's a probably a pretty relat- relatable character and i think what, that's why he's got a more recent um popularity as well as is captain cold we've talked about on the show yes, before yes but like cold was abused by his father was forced into the criminal life and because that was all he knew that's what he did right and he stuck with it he did it as a way to protect his family protect his sister um but was a straight up villain like but he had a code at one point too like he refused to kill um he did go to a point of killing at, at points and maiming but he is was a super cool character because of all of that because he had this like probably hyper relatable backstory like he really did i feel like a lot of people can relate to that um and if you think about flip side for example 
cold compared to a hero. Different. I know it's different comic books, but like um, Daredevil, who yeah. was a single father who did his best. You know, and he went the other route. And it was like choices of other people really affect these characters too. But 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 even in the same vein, in the same books, you have the Flash. The Flash's father was convicted of killing his own mother. Right. And he had to, you know, grow up with that and all of that stuff. But he didn't turn to evil. He he stayed good. Um but it's it was just those couple things, and you you know you get even ca- evil Captain Cold. You know you briefly got him being a good guy, and even then his it was pretty funny. His like I did read the one where he great. was very briefly. It was like a hockey game, and he was really mad that it was being interrupted. Yeah, I found it very very enjoyable. But um, but yeah, he's a he's one of those examples of like a super hyper relatable character. But man, he's a bad guy. <laughs> like <laughs> that that's why like. That relatability, like, I think, I'm not going to say I, I relate to the Kingpin, Ooh. but the way that he was portrayed in Daredevil, yeah. the movie, uh, I don't know his comic book origin, I would imagine they did a pretty good job of following it, but you felt sympathy for him. Oh, yeah. There was a, that sympathy factor uh, for a man who, you know, just like, I guess almost in a way, Daredevil, uh, you know, kind of. Raised abused, by the streets. Raised by the streets, and he just kind of did what he wanted to do. I mean, Kingpin was abused, and he grew up very angry all the time. And um, I'm like, I'm kind of angry all the time too. So now I'm kind of <laughs> like, I'm finding a bit of a re- relativity there. Uh, but you felt bad for him. Yeah. Like I was watching Daredevil punches punches face in, and I was like, I almost feel bad. Oh yeah. I mean that's part of the acting of Vincent D'Onofrio in that example, that. <laughs> but um, like I felt horrible. Like this guy who's been abused, and yes, he he is a product of his environment. It takes a village. He's a he's a product of whatever that was. Uh, you know, doing the only thing that he's ever known. He doesn't really know right from wrong, or maybe he does know and just can't stop. Okay. Uh, and I actually felt bad watching Daredevil beat him up. Uh, it was kind of even in season three when the, the three way fight between him, Bullseye, and uh, oh yeah, and and Daredevil, like he was just getting wrecked, and he was at his wedding and all this, and he just wanted his happily ever after, and then it just kind of like I felt bad mm. for him. I uh, think superheroes need these like villains, it, depending on the hero. Like Punisher won't really have a relatable villain because they're gonna die. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But a lot of these heroes, like it's. It's because you want to hold on to hope that the hero will go past saving the people and save the villain, too, sometimes. Um, I think that's a big part of it. And, ooh, delivery. Oh. This is, this is the Sega Bomb. This is taste like me? This is good. You do taste good. <laughs> oh, this is delicious. I love it. <laughs> I'm drinking a drink flavored like me. Good job, Kyle. Way to go. So it tastes like sweat socks and, <laughs> <laughs> and hot sauce. No, that's not it. Oh, this is great. Um, oh, damn. But yeah, like, I for, I lost my, my, I lost track now because this is so good. <laughs> um, we were on Kingpin. Yeah, we were, I was going somewhere with this. Uh, but, but so one of the things I think that's super relatable, or, oh yeah, the relatability of villains. Like, you want to see them save, be saved by the hero. Because, and like heroes, I'm thinking about it, like, a key point in their origins is often loss. Like, think about 
most heroes, it's some sort of loss. I mean, I think we talked about it last time, but that's where's the guilt placed, right? Or where's the blame placed in that loss? Um, and I'm thinking of like my favorite is Doctor Doom. You know, he was grown up. His mother was training him in magic. His mother got taken to hell. <laughs> and it's like, okay, bye, mom. You yeah, know? <laughs> and he's like fighting to to get her back. Like his motivations are good, but he hates freaking Reed Richards. He hates like the people around him. His face is scarred. He's got all these issues. Um, but it's his, his really his hate for Richards that drives everything. Right. And and the world outside of his country as well. He doesn't really trust a lot of people. Um, but he's one of those where we switch into that other thing, I think with villains where what they think they're do like they truly think they're doing what's right. Yes. And that's why you can kind of get behind them as well, even if their motivations are wrong. And I think that's a long list. I have, yeah, one that instantly comes off the top of my head and that's Magneto. Yep. Magneto's one, Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is one. Um, I was going to say, well, I can't even say it. Even Kingpin. Kingpin is one. Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn's a good one. I I like that. Venom is one like that. You know, a protector of the innocent. He thinks he's, you know, that anti-hero role. Uh, Yeah, those ones that that do think they're doing right. That's like an extra vindictive. Thanos, obviously, from from Infinity War. Uh, He thought he was doing what was right. And, you know, maybe for nature he was. But... uh, Morally wise, it wasn't very good. You almost cheer. You want to cheer him, but you're like, just do it the right way, though. Like, <laughs> you're you're on the right path. <laughs> but what are you doing? <laughs> no, one hundred percent. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's kind of like what society is like today. There's tons and tons of problems, and everybody has an answer to them. Yeah, multiple sides, um, and you know the 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 villain side, like obviously. Charles Xavier and Magneto are a perfect example of that. You know, they obviously yeah. see that there is a pro- you know problem with with humans and, and mutants. Charles Xavier wants to do it through peace. Magneto wants to do it through violence. Most of the time, there's been times where he's, he's held himself back and been, been a and little bit more And those two reserved, are but. perfect examples because they are literally based off people in society. You know, exactly, Malcolm X and and uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah. Um, and very much in, in that sense. And that's why I think um, both are so easy to get behind because they both have real-world thoughts. And, like, that's why I like that. I think why Magneto does turn good because, like, some of Malcolm X's thoughts were valid. They oh, they were. And they weren't all v- villainous, but they were just taken wrong. Right. They were applied wrong sometimes. It's a perception thing. Um, and those are great examples. I think... Lex Luthor is you okay? almost not be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna die. Um, but I think Lex Luthor is almost like real at this point. Like you, you look into the world of politics, and I can like think of some people that like line up with Lex pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that's a very fair point. Uh, yeah, it's it is. I mean, it's it's very real. Uh, but yes, more like they have a morality uh, a bit to them at the same time. I did want to ask you about villains without morals, without like that's so like Joker, Joker, um, Carnage, Carnage, Jigsaw, Jigsaw is one you know without a conscience. Yeah. Uh, I always, like I said, I can always relate to the ones with a more with a bit of a conscience, uh, a moral line, uh, but still 
on the villain side of things. But um, out of Marvel and DC, if you slide over um, Image, right, you've got the Violator. Yes, just straight up a demon. Yes, <laughs> just eating, killing whoever he feels like. Like that's a. <laughs> but you know what? I ha- I do like as awful as that movie was, the Spawn movie. Like that movie, John Leguizamo's performance made me like like the Violator a little bit. It was kind of it was <laughs> pretty it good. Was funny. <laughs> it, he was actually very funny. I remember the toy from that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 no morals thing that's a little bit harder to get behind. Uh, you know, one of the uh, my favorite things I forgot who the writer who did the writing and all that for. Uh, maximum carnage, but he was a, he was tasked to do this. He was tasked to kind of guide this thing. Uh, it's I think it was a thirteen or fourteen part. It's Tom something, maybe Tom DeFalco. I, that's probably not even a real person. Uh, but he was like, ah, I don't really want to do this because I like my villains, the morals, the bank robbers who are, you know, like Sandman, you know, guys yeah. like Sandman, Catwoman, Black Cat, uh, you know, people like that versus. Carnage, whose entire mindset was just to kill, and there was really no play on it. It makes for great movies. It makes for some interesting comic uh, dynamics, but um, it's hard to relate to those characters. Yeah, I think those are the char- those villains, like I said, are better for antiheroes. Yeah, for people like you're fine with watching them kill uh, anyone that's been a villain of Ghost Rider for the most part, like Blackheart and stuff like that. Yeah. They're just straight up demons. It's you don't you don't really get behind those characters. Um, I think a lot of Hulk villains fall fall into that uh, abomination and, and such. Yes, because Sabretooth kind of. Yeah, Sabretooth has his moments though. That's true. But like Abomination is like pretty much just driven by just his apocalypse. 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 That's, That's a, good, a good, one. good one. Any any of those like straight up annihilation. Uh, Brainiac, Brainiac, you know a lot. Of, yeah, some of those. He big... has his moments where he's a good guy, but for the most part, like Brainiac is bad. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. nihilist. That's a good one. That's a very good one. So there's a there and there's a lot I can you know I'm going through a list too of just like straight up it just says pure evil villains. It's pretty <laughs> solid. Um, it's but it's everything in the world like Black Mask. Ooh, that's a really good one. Ooh. A, a lot of a lot of um, Batman's villains can be pretty much just like thrown right into that that category. I feel like there's some with some morals, but like you get the black masks, you get the Joker. Um, oh man, who is the one? There was a weird run where Mister Bloom is he bad? Is it a guy? Something Bloom? Yeah, Mister. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, you went right, Doctor Bloom. Doctor Bloom. I think you're going right where I am. Okay. Where it's like the guy just that's like a plant f- creature and he's freaking creepy. Yeah, I'm Batman Bloom. It was the run with um, you, I was in mid thought too, Mr. Bloom. Yep. 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 With Jim Gordon as Batman and he had the rookie robot, uh, the Batbot. So yeah, that one. Um, I know Black Manta's on this list, but I feel like sometimes he's he could be moral. Uh, Bullseye's one that's just a straight up cold killer. Yeah, Bullseye's a good uh, a good one for that category. There's a ton though, and there's it, it and I think it does bounce depending on who's writing sometimes too though. I think sometimes you have these people who are these cold calculated killers and then the right writer gets behind them and 
um, finds a way to sympathize them to you a little bit, finds that one thing, that family member or that, you know, that something. I think that happened kind of with Harley Quinn to a point. I think she was a character, um, if, if the animated series, yeah, but when you read the comics at first, she, she was not a very sympathetic character. She was just nuts, didn't really care who she killed, and you found these things through her trauma uh, and stuff like that that made you attached to her and right. made you kind of see her in more in an anti-hero light. Yeah. I, I think um, it depends on the writers sometimes. I feel like any of these characters with the right thing can kind of be flipped. I feel like you you see how Cletus Cassidy was brought up and you might start changing your tune a little bit. Yeah, I forgot what his... He said it in Maximum Carnage. It was really weird. He went to an orphanage because... His dad tried to stab him, yeah. Because he he tried to no, he stabbed his dad because uh, his dad tried to stop. It was some weird dynamic where his mom tried to kill him, and she tried he tried to stop her, and it was very like classic serial killer. Yeah, very. Yeah, and it 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 gets in it gets in your head a little bit too when you I had trouble this is off topic with comic books for a second but sometimes it gets hard to cheer some of those characters on or like when you do find sympathy for some of these characters um I remember watching Dexter when it first started coming around and like sympathizing with Dexter who's just like this person who's like I have no emotions I like killing and I'm just going to you know I I'm going to kill for good because that's how I was raised right I wasn't raised to – I was raised to only kill these people because I like to kill. And you, you're watching this and you're like, go, Dexter. Cheer him on. Ooh. <laughs> like, this guy's messed up. I should not be behind him. Right. Um, and I, I find myself like that with – one of the big ones for me is, like, I've been reading that Batman Who Laughs. Yes, run, yes. And I freaking just love that character so much. Um that I'm like rooting for him when he's going through taking people out. And I'm like, oh, I should be rooting for Batman. <laughs> this is bad. He's real bad. And he's really killing people. It's not even like, oh, he's like, you know, he's taking out like he's like destroying people. And it's it's insane. Like same. I'm watching the new Dracula series that's on Netflix and it's the same thing. Like he did some pretty gruesome stuff, but I'm cheering him on while it's happening because right. he's just such a likable character. He's so witty. And it's like, oh. Villains are hard um, to wrap your head around for that reason, I think, because I think... I think that's the fascination with them, though. Yeah. It really is. You know, throughout this this episode discussing it, you know, I'm kind of starting to realize that, yeah, the the best villains kind of... Well, one, they make you think. Two, obviously relatable. And three, they kind of... They actually pick at your emotions. Yeah. They, I mean... The emotion part for, you know, is, is I think, the biggest thing and uh, being relatable. Uh, they make you question your choices in life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much why I've fallen in love with just about every villain that I've ever, you know, ever have. If I can relate to them, if, if they're, you know, walking that fine line that I've walked so many times in my life, uh, you know, it's like, like kind of what we said at the top of the show, just... Man, if only I could. Yeah. Uh, just just one, that one bad day. <laughs> it's weird to think, like, we're in a culture now where we can have successful solo villain movies. 
Yes, that is a big change because like, that would not have flied 10 years ago. Like, Joaquin Phoenix just won a Golden Globe for his performance as a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, that Joker performance was, was, was great. Yeah, and it's 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 becoming more popular. Like I, I like we have solo because villain comic book runs. We've got like the solo Doom run is super cool. Um, there's there's constantly like the the we talked X Men Black, um, all sorts of stuff. And I know Black Adam is starting to film, and that's that's right. One. Yeah, and The Rock somehow looks leaner for this role already, and I don't I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but like we have this list of like solo villain movies, and I'll take more. Yeah, because I, I think it's. I mean, people are getting tired of the the, the hero thing too. Yeah. And just like I said, with with the way today's society is is moving, more uh, uh, disturbed in, in, in certain aspects. Uh, you know, future yeah. way like with the Joker. I mean, people felt sympathy at yeah. first for him. The way he. He found out about his childhood, the way he was bullied. Oh, that, that I mean, that's like such killer. a huge issue, and and people yeah. gravitate to that. Like, hey, I was bullied too. That was that one fine of those line. things that I'm saying, though. That was one of those storylines where the right writer got involved with yeah. it and made this character sympathetic. A character sympathetic because in the Killing Joke, like I have no sympathy for the Joker. He is messed up, pure evil. Yep. He's yeah. That, like, I can sympathize with that. I can like this character now. When he pulls the trigger and, you know, kills whoever, spo- I won't drop spoilers because uh, I don't know where people are it's at. It's been a long, it's been yeah, a long So when he, when he pulls it's been the trigger four months. and kills, <laughs> who is it, Murray, right, is Robert DeMiro? Buddy years? Murray or yeah. something? Or, when, he, when he kills him, that shocking moment. You get what you can deserve. It's... It's like, dang, yeah. And like, there was a relief. Like, dude, I was sitting in the audience. People were clapping for that, yeah. which is like really sick and gruesome it's dark, at the same but time. Crazy. But it's like, for everything that he put him through, Robert De Niro's character put him through. It's yep. like, I was kind of that hoping. felt good by the time that was over yeah, with. For and, sure. And yeah, you are right. We're gonna have you know the people in white coats caught oh, yeah. in this oh, next yeah. episode, but. Uh, it was like satisfying the way it was done, but yeah, Venom. Uh, you know, character. I mean, they yeah. they really portrayed him as a hero in that movie. But uh, yeah, more more and more, you're starting to see these more villainous uh, characters. Daredevil, like they had to put Kingpin back in season three because you know, like two wasn't the same without him because he was such a strong character and people wanted Kingpin. Yeah, they really did. Um, yeah, I, I think like. More and more, we're leaning towards this villain culture rather than a hero culture. And I, again, I think that's an adult thing, like you said. But think about like what's the most faint, like popular TV show on Netflix right now? It's that weird, like, well, at least with women. Oh, weird you twisted you show. I haven't watched it. I've he's heard. just killing people in his basement. And girls are like, we love him. Like, what? <laughs> I don't but get it. He's the ladies' Dexter. He's the female, like the female's equivalent of Dexter. Wow. In my yeah, opinion. Like Ted Bundy and people, like the, he's been romanticized because of because of Netflix and that villain romanticization. It's that id though. It's like everyone right now really we're in a culture where like people would rather lean towards the id than the super ego. It's the same reason antiheroes are are bigger. Yeah, you know, like um, I think the lines of justice and like that that hope for purity is kind of gone and a lot of people lean more on the we got to get the it's got to be a dirty job to get it done like, yeah it's not there's no way to do this clean anymore um which is is kind of tough in a way like i i 
like to try to have like that Captain America mindset. It doesn't work <laughs> always. It's so it's so hard. Uh, it's it's so so very difficult in today's world to try oh, yeah. to be a good person. It really is, and you can try and try and try to be Captain America, but there's always going to be something yeah, that sets like, you off. You know yeah. the the Reed Richard, and again, that's why you're you're getting these portrayals too of those pure characters being villains. The Maker, like we talked, freaking Hydra Cap. Like, oh yeah, that was crazy when it happened, <laughs> and he's still an existing character, like in other comics. Right. He's a, a alternate universe but like we had cap turn evil like we've had superman turn evil and rip out the joker's hearts now and become one of the top villain like heart singular he's not a doctor or anything multiple <laughs> but like um you know even our purest heroes are turning to villains like we don't cyclops yeah yep. like we don't have that like there nothing is sacred anymore no nope. one is pure anymore um and it is like it's it's a anti-hero culture like you know and it's kind of interesting to me that that's where the world is leaning but then on the flip side you have this other thing i think right now that's happening in comic books it's either you have an anti-hero culture um i know we're getting a little off topic but i'm just thinking about it and i think it's relevant you either have this anti-hero villain culture or the other comics that are popular if you pay attention at least in superhero right now are like Super Sons and the like, Miles Morales, Spider Man, the champions, like the youth, yes, the teens and the kids. It's like one or the other. Like we either we're going full innocence or we're going adult murder, death, kill. Like <laughs> there's no there's no in between anymore. There's no of that like middle ground. It's like one of the one or the other, and I find that like super interesting. No, that's that's a hundred percent yeah, true. And that's I mean, that's just the way it's going. Uh, you know, these writers and stuff, they've really yeah. found their market and they're they're nailing yeah. it. Yeah, super and super innocent or, or yeah. And I think that's part of it too. It is a market of like there's not that in between person buying the comic books anymore. It's either kids or adults. It's yes. not so much um that middle ground of people. And that, that does explain a lot of it, but it's just it's just very interesting to me. Um and it shows how, like, how much, I think, like, the stuff we talked about with the certain characters and everything, like, uh, the art reflects the culture. The comic books reflect the culture. Like, Joker came out at a time where I think mental health is something that's more talked about than it ever has been, especially yeah. with men. And you have this male character really struggling with a mental health issue. Um, I think... Like it is, it's a full reflection of what's going on right now, and I, I love. That's why I love comic books, is I think it does such. It's a good always, job with it's that. always been like that. It's always been relative uh, to the world uh, around it. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's villains. Yeah, in a nutshell for you. Not bad. This is what happens when you have like a psych and sociology major talk comic books. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean I'm not a major in any of those, but I do I love <laughs> I are you which one? Psych oh, answers. You're both? <laughs> I, I love reading psychology books. So I think that's why you're minor in both, my bad. I'm minor. I'm uh I I'm the web N D of psychology <laughs> majors. Psychology <laughs> if that's a thing, but no, I do love psychology. That um, was my focus in college was specifically sociology and psychology through the realms of comic books. Like, really? that was all of my papers, like, my thesis papers and stuff like that was all about comic books. What school books. did you go to? Niagara University. 
<laughs> Rub it in. <laughs> Rub it in. I didn't finish. Like I have like yeah. six months left of school. You know? I didn't finish community college three times. So, <laughs> and here I am. Uh, and now we podcast. That's yeah. why you should support our Patreon. <laughs> yes, please do support all. I of have it. student loans. <laughs> I, I do too. It sucks, man. I had fun this month at Christmas. I was like, oh man, I can't wait to not put in pay my student loans so I could pay Christmas gifts. I love it. <laughs> I was so excited this year not to do that. Um, but yeah, that is a wrap for us today at the panel discussion. Thank you for joining us. This is a good talk about villain origins. I'm really loving the direction of this show. Uh, yeah. I like just discussing stuff. I, I, I feel like I get to express myself so much more. Yeah, It does feel much better. Uh, but yeah, next week what do we want to do with? Next week is we're going to talk about um, unorthodox origins. No, next week, let's talk multiverse origins. All right, I like the sound of that. So, um, you know, everybody has these different different origin stories across different multiverses. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a perfect example for that. A million uh, Batman, A million Batmans. There's so many more, and we're going to explore that uh, for you next week right here on the panel discussion. As always, we appreciate your listenership. Thank you for our highest month of that, by the way. And... Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a wrap for us. Talk to you next week right here on the panel discussion.